Joe Biden invites 16-year-old black shooting victim Ralph Yarrell and grandstanding Nashville legislators to the White House, but has yet to invite the families of Nashville's Christian shooting victims. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announces a long-shot bid for the presidency against Joe Biden, and an IRS whistleblower comes forward claiming a Hunter Biden cover-up. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Alrighty, so we begin with updates on my friend Matt Walsh. So as you know, Matt Walsh had his phone hacked. He actually had his SIM card duplicated. The suggestion is that somebody actually got access to either Matt's phone directly or somebody called up the phone company, got a duplicate SIM card sent to him. This person was then able to access all of Matt's emails for the last 20 years or so. And um, it, it appears that things are now under control to the extent that, that he's no longer being hacked. But one of the pieces of fallout from all of this is that a reporter, a supposed reporter, a pseudo reporter from Wired has now been permanently suspended from Twitter. And the reason he was permanently suspended from Twitter is because he had actively solicited hacked materials from the person who was hacking Matt's phone. And he literally like asked, just asked for the materials. He tweeted out, spoke with a hacker who says he compromised Matt Walsh's account and who was able to supply some convincing proof they'd gained access to his personal email account, story to come. And that followed after he had suggested that he actively wanted it. They got into everything. And then he said, prove me wrong, kids. Send Matt Walsh DMs to Dell Cameron at Wired.com. Well, this violates pretty much all of Twitter's rules. You're not allowed to solicit hacked materials from people. You're not allowed to ask people to do a hack. So he was permanently suspended. And this led to NBC's Ben Collins spreading misinformation, this is what he does, about the suspension of the Wired writer, suggesting that what happened here in the suspension, the permanent suspension of Del Cameron is the same thing that happened when the Hunter Biden story was silenced by all of social media in October of 2020. That is a lie. What happened with Hunter Biden is that Hunter Biden literally left his laptop at a repair shop, a computer repair shop, for years on end, at which point he became property of the shop, and then those materials ended up in the public view and were reported on by the New York Post. That is not remotely the same thing as the New York Post actually soliciting hacked materials in criminal fashion. And there may be actual criminal liability, certainly for the hacker. We'll see about for, for any reporter who's involved in actually soliciting this sort of activity. This is not the only challenge that Matt is facing at present. Apparently, YouTube has now demonetized Matt's show entirely. And this means that Matt is now going to be shifting his show to Twitter, He's going to be broadcasting his entire show on Twitter now. He's also going to be broadcasting his entire show for free over at dailywireplus.com. So you should go over there and to support Matt's show, you should actually become a member at dailywireplus.com. But this is just part and parcel, unfortunately, of what it means to be a prominent right-wing commentator in the United States these days. This is what comes along with this. And Matt spoke last night, for example, at University of Iowa, and far extremists, far left extremists actually took marbles. They lost their marbles, literally. They took marbles. They rolled them all over the floor in an attempt to get people to slip and fall as they were walking into the talk. Of course, Matt has been the victim of an extraordinary number of death threats. He's had to have full-time security on his house. He's had to actually cancel trips in order to protect his family. This is unfortunately what it means to now oppose the far-left agenda and do so very publicly and attempt to effectuate change. It's hard to think of anybody in American life who's effectuated more change in the last couple of years than Matt Walsh has. My co-founder here at Daily Wire, Jeremy Boring, he tweeted out a thread last night that's worth going through. He said, you may be aware that Matt Walsh had his Twitter account hacked last night. What you might, might not know is the attack went well beyond Twitter. The hackers have managed to gain access to, well, everything, including 20 years of Matt's emails. 
What scandalous information will the hackers find in Matt's email? I don't know. I'm sure I said things in my 20s. I wouldn't feel great about having aired publicly. What will Daily Wire's response to be? Be to things 20-year-old Matt may have said. Hashtag LOL. This hack, as terrible and invasive as it is, is just another day at the office for us. Here's a brief look at just the last 48 hours at Daily Wire. First, Matt Walsh was demonetized on YouTube for violating some opaque, arbitrarily applied standard or another related to speaking the biological truth about Dylan Mulvaney. I can't be more specific because the capriciousness is the point for these platforms. Just 24 hours later, Brett Cooper was permanently banned from TikTok. Her crime? We don't know because, again, the capriciousness is the point. We literally reached out to TikTok. They have no idea. They're, they're certainly not telling us why Brett Cooper was banned permanently from TikTok. At the exact moment that Matt Walsh was being hacked by criminals, Michael Knowles was being evacuated from University of Pittsburgh because of a violent riot protesting his speech in which trans activists and sundry other leftists burned Michael in effigy and tussled with police. That's the last 48 hours. He says tech giants like YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and until Elon Musk wrote a check Twitter, flagging, banning, throttling, shadow banning, and demonetizing us is a constant occurrence. We're continually fact-checked. Almost all the fact-checks are removed on appeal, by the way, but not before they have the desired effect of stunting our reach and effectiveness and making it impossible to earn revenue. Billionaire-funded nonprofits like Media Matters for America pay people to post out-of-context clips from our show and pressure advertisers not to spend money with us. The entire ad industry creates bogus, euphemistic policies to, quote-unquote, protect brand safety by discouraging advertising on shows with controversial political opinions. If you're openly pro-choice, that's not controversial. If you're pro-life, that is, which means we don't get any so-called brand advertisers, the ones who pay almost double. If we were on the left and our positions were certified brand safe, we would make almost twice as much money. The advertisers we do get have to be brave enough to stand up against all of the organized pressure that comes their way. And all this comes, as Jeremy points out, while dealing with organizations like, like HubSpot, and JW Player and Eventbrite and other back-end infrastructure companies who take our money and then decide they're not going to service us. Why do they hate us? They hate us because we won't do what they say. The fact is that Daily Wire, and this is true, the majority controlling interest in this company is held by me, the Ben Shapiro and Jeremy Boring and Caleb Robinson. The three of us own the controlling share of Daily Wire. No investor, no board of directors can tell us what to do. And we're not going to let the machinations of the left force our hand. We're going to use our power to push for change on all of these platforms and to hold these institutions accountable. We'll press our claims in court through government with the public. But the fact is that this is the challenge that the right is up against in the public sphere. And Matt is just the latest canary in the coal mine for how the left would, would act if they had total power in the United States. And just one second, we'll get to an extraordinary and shocking dichotomy between how Joe Biden treats victims of gun crime. We'll get to that momentarily first. It's time to talk to you about Daily Wire's most trusted privacy partner and premier sponsor of my show, ExpressVPN. So ExpressVPN, one of the places I use to help keep my phone safe, for example. Are you aware your browsing data is constantly being tracked and monitored? Have you ever stopped to think about who has access to that information, what they might be doing with it? If you're like most people, you probably haven't given this a ton of thought. The truth is your browsing data can reveal a lot about you, your interests, habits, locations, even your identity. Every time you visit a website, click on a link or make a purchase online, you're leaving a digital trail that can be monetized by advertisers and data brokers. They use that information to target you with ads and promotions tailored specifically to you. The more data that you, they have, the more accurately they can target you. This is just one of the reasons I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN encrypts my internet traffic, hides my browsing data from prying eyes, which makes it way more difficult for anybody to intercept my data or track my activity online, from hackers to the ad agencies to big tech to the government. I love ExpressVPN. It's really easy to use. You click one button, it's on your phone, on your computer. You click another button, it is ready to go. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, a child's life is molded by his or her home, school, friends, community. A positive experience in all these areas helps build 
a healthy child. Cars for Kids, that's Cars with a K, is a registered nonprofit organization aimed at giving children the tools to succeed in life. If you have a car that's just sitting in your driveway, taking up space, you should consider donating it to Cars for Kids. You know Cars for Kids. They've got that jingle, right? The 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS-K-R-S. You know it. If you're tired of looking at that old car in your driveway or hearing your spouse complain about it, why not let Cars for Kids take care of it for you? Here's how it works. Visit their website at carsforkids.org. Let them take care of it from there. The whole process only takes two minutes. Cars for Kids will schedule a pickup at a time that's convenient for you. If you don't have a car, you can still help. Cars for Kids accepts non-cash donations of school supplies, clothing, sports equipment, and more. So what exactly are you waiting for? Call now or visit carsforkids.org slash Ben to get the ball rolling today. That's Cars with a K, the number four, at carsforkids.org slash Ben. That's carsforkids.org slash Ben. Okay, so meanwhile, in national news, the president of the United States has now invited Ralph Yarl to the White House. He tweeted out an invitation to Ralph Ralph Yarl, for those who have missed it. Well, you must have been under a rock because the president of the United States has now invited him to the White House. What what did Ralph Yarl do? Now, maybe Ralph Yarl deserves, like as a person, to visit the White House, but not for the reason why he's being invited to the White House. He's being invited to the White House because he got shot by a white guy. He's a 16-year-old blackhead, and he knocked on the wrong door, and an 84-year-old crazed homeowner, apparently, shot him twice through the door, shot him once in the head and once in the arm. And because he is black and because the shooter is white, Ralph Yarl gets a White House invite. Apparently, the um, the teenager is also set to meet with the mother of Ahmed Arbery. You remember Ahmed Arbery? He is the, the black Georgian who was uh, jogging through the neighborhood or alternatively running from some sort of empty lot, like a, a house under construction. And he was confronted by some white guys in a truck who attempted to block his pathway. They struggled over a gun and then he got shot. And those guys are in, are in jail. For, for first-degree murder. Well, now they, they're meeting together to talk about, you know, the inherent racism of American society, presumably, and, and all the rest of this. And Joe Biden tweeted out about all of this. Joe Biden has decided that, that Ralph Yarl should visit the White House. It's just a very, a very moving display from the president of the United States. His tweet is, um, you know, typical Joe Biden. He suggests about gun violence, but really we know that this is about race because he's, he, there are certain people he's not inviting to the White House. I mean, for example, some of the people he's inviting to the White House to talk about gun violence, not the families of the actual victims of the Nashville shooter who shot a bunch of Christian kids. Those families still have not been invited. The the, the people who have been invited are, of course, the Tennessee Three. According to the New York Post, President Biden has invited the three Tennessee Democrats who faced expulsion votes to the White House a day after two of them were ousted from the state legislature for protesting against gun violence. This goes back to uh, about a week and a half ago. The White House still, at that point, had not invited any of the families of the victims in the Covenant school shooting. And that happens to be the case still. So people who get invited to the White House include people like Justin Jones and Justin Pearson, two of the three Tennessee, three grandstanding racial conflagrationist idiots in Tennessee. And also Ralph Yarl, a black victim of a white shooter. All of this, of course, is because of race. This is the, the rule in the White House. If the, narr- the narrative for the White House is that if you are a minority in the United States, you're inherently victimized by the white supremacist system. And therefore, if we can use you as sort of the, as sort of the case par exemplar, that, that, that this is going to be the case that shows that our agenda is real, you will get an invite to the White House. If it's not, well, we, we don't care about you at that point. 
And Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked directly about this. She's like, so why is it that the national victims still haven't been invited, but pretty much everybody else is being so long as they have the right color? She has no answer. So Monday, you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested. After, peacefully protested. Who peacefully protested after the Nashville Covenant School shooting. Have any of the victims or the victims' families been invited to the White House? I don't have anything to, to read out to you about any invite. Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you at any invite. What I can say to you right now is that the president is focused on getting things done. <laughs> He's focused on getting things done. Yes, getting things done means in, in, inviting a couple of grandstanding morons from Tennessee, cosplaying the revolution, and also inviting a 16-year-old black kid who got shot by a white homeowner. That's getting things done. See, that, that's how it works in the White House. Getting things done is grandstanding. It is the same thing. It is grandstanding. All because it ties into the agenda. Yarl's family attorney, he says that what they really need to push for is legislation in Missouri to protect blackness. Here was the family attorney for Ralph Yarl. White 84-year-old man charged with shooting and wounding a black teenager last week in Kansas City, Missouri, freed last night on bond, due in court today. We need new legislation to protect blackness in this country because blackness is under attack. Uh, what is this case about? It's a case about blackness. Lee Merritt's the attorney for Tina Ralph Yarl's family and calls it a hate crime. Oh, it's a, blackness is under attack. Now, as we've discussed a couple of days ago, we went through all the statistics on interracial violence in the United States with regard to black and white. In 2019, 84% of all violent crimes committed between blacks and whites was committed by blacks against whites. But we don't talk about any of that sort of stuff because it's uncomfortable. So instead, we have to promote the agenda, which is why, again, Joe Biden is inviting idiots. And they, they really are. They're they are intensely stupid people like Justin Jones in Tennessee. So Justin Jones, there's a person who deserves to go to the White House. Well, why? Well, because he's the kind of person who shows up at the Tennessee state capitol with a fake child's coffin, carrying a fake child's coffin which doesn't, is not there to, to signify, you know, the dead children and abortions, obviously. No, no, no. That's there to signify the kids at Covenant School whose families Joe Biden will not invite to the White House. It's just grandstanding of the highest and most disgusting order. I mean, literally carrying around the graves of children to pretend that you are somehow morally virtuous. It, and meanwhile, calling everybody else racist. It's just gross. It's just gross. Here we go. You can walk with me, but... This is, you have a right to bring this in. Well, I mean, you don't have a right to bring props, so far as I'm aware, onto the floor of the, of the house. I'm bringing this in as a representative of my district, 78,000 people who sent me here. No other members told what they can bring into this building. You all want to go up. What's the, why are we not being allowed to go up? You cannot. a member. This is grandstanding garbage. I mean, really gross. And by the way, has anybody asked the families of the victims whether they are okay with Justin Jones carrying graves to symbolize, like actual coffins, child-sized coffins to symbolize their kids? Has anybody asked that? You know, if this were somebody on the right doing this, there'd be people at the family's house asking those questions, but it's not. It's somebody on the left. And it's a black man from the left who's doing this, which means the media don't ask any questions. This person is obviously a hero. And Justin Jones then says, he, he signs off on the, uh, signs into the Ralph Yarl debate too. He says, well, you know, if, if Ralph Yarl had been white, then things would have been totally different. Here we go. So I'll say Ralph to Ralph, who's 16, that you are, are a child and, and you are a young man who, who we should have protected and that this system has failed to protect, that our politics have failed to protect. 
and you deserve better than that. Um, and that no gun is worth your life. No bullet, no um, worship of this gun culture is worth your life and your well-being. And so I hope that you recover and and um, I hope that um, his family knows that we stand with them and that we're sending them strength and encouragement from Tennessee, um, whether from here or, or there, you know, that we stand together and that we are going to do this and that until um, this attack against a young black man is treated as, as, as abhorrent as the attack if it was a young white man, that we who believe in freedom cannot rest until it comes. And, uh, th- what? Ha- the guy who shot him is going to go to jail for the rest of his life and should go to jail for the rest of his life. But again, this all ties into the broader lie. It is a lie that America is a white supremacist country that is inherently victimizing black people. That's what this is about. But I'm going to tell you the story of a person who is going to get no White House calls. Somebody who's not going to get any coverage on MSNBC. Somebody for whom no one will speak. And there's a very obvious reason why this person is not going to be. We're going to mention his name on the show. You're not going to know it tomorrow because the media are going to stop saying it. Because this is not an important person. The way we can tell whether somebody is important in the mainstream media is whether it fits the narrative or if it doesn't fit the narrative. You know the names of black victims of white perps. You know their names. You know Arbery's name. You know George Floyd's name. You know Ralph Yarrell's name. I'll tell you a name that you're not going to know before I say it, and then not much after I say it, because the media don't care about people like this. We'll get to that momentarily. First, let's talk about the fact that there are a lot of big wireless companies out there, and they lock you into these horrendous contracts. And then when you try to get out of them early, they tack on these giant charges to punish you. You don't really need that. Instead, you need to switch over to Pure Talk the way that I did. There are no hidden fees, no contracts, no hassle. Pure Talk has a range of affordable plans to choose from. You can find the perfect option for your needs, like unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year. Think about what you could do with that money. But you don't get chief, inconsistent service. With Pure Talk, you're getting the same exact coverage you'd get from one of the big guys because they use the same tower network at half the rate you are currently paying. Again, I use Pure Talk. Their 5G service is really fast. It doesn't drop my calls. Pure Talk's U.S. customer service team helped me make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. I was even able to keep my phone number. Not only will you save money, you'll also get the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting a great American company. The CEO and chairman of Pure Talk is a U.S. military veteran. When you become a Pure Talk customer, you're given the option to support America's warrior partnership. It's an organization that works to support military vets. Head on over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you a story. It's a story that you don't know and you're not going to here again, probably for the rest of time. Because again, it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's all that matters to our media. This is not a hero of the Republic in the way that Ralph Yarrell is now a hero. Of the, again, Ralph Yarrell sounds like kind of an extraordinary kid, but he should be celebrated because he's an extraordinary kid, not because he got shot by an old white guy. But that's not the way it works. So here's a person who, again, you'll never hear of again. His name is Blake Mose. Hey, Blake Mose is a Home Depot security guard. And as the New York Post reports, a California Home Depot security guard and Boy Scout leader was murdered Tuesday when he tried to stop a woman from stealing an electrical item before she and her boyfriend fled with their toddler in the back of the car. Blake Mose, 26, caught Benicia Knapps allegedly in the process of snatching what may have been a phone charger from the store shelves around 2.15 p.m., according to Pleasanton police. A struggle ensued after Mose chased her to the store's loading dock, but Knapps fired her gun and ran off, cops allege. Knapps, 32, allegedly escaped into a getaway car driven by her boyfriend, David Guillory, 31, with her two-year-old child in the back seat, As Mose heavily bled inside the home improvement store, he was rushed to a hospital but succumbed to his injuries. These are pictures of the perpetrators. They're both black. Blake Mose is a white guy. By the way, these are the perfect specimens of wonderful humanity here. Not because of race, but because they are 
evil shooters who have a toddler in the back seat while they murder someone and steal a phone charger. But this is not a national, this is a local news story. Knapps and Gillard were stopped in Oakland, 20 miles from the Home Depot and arrested by deputies 15 minutes after the shooting. Knapps, a licensed security guard with priors for theft, was charged with murder, robbery, child endangerment, and conspiracy. Gillery was arrested on a child endangerment charge and evading police and driving the wrong way. Knapps was then placed on a mental hold after she choked herself with a seatbelt in the back of the Alameda Sheriff's Department police cruiser until she lost consciousness. Cops found a handgun at the intersection near the store. The Knapps toddler was released to relatives. Apparently, Mose was an active community leader who had an interest in pursuing law enforcement as a career and had plans to get married this summer. Well, he won't be married, obviously, because he was murdered. He was murdered. He was a, he was a volunteer for the Boy Scouts of America after he'd been a member, longtime member. This picture of Mose with his fiance. They're scheduled to get married this summer. He's dead. The people who shot him are a black woman accompanied by a black male with their toddler in the backseat of the car. Is Blake Mose going to get a call from the White House? Anybody think he's going to get a call from the White House? His, uh, his family, his fiance. You think? I don't think so. You think she's going to be invited to the White House to talk about the evils of gun violence? Don't think so. Have serious doubts. Why? Because for Joe Biden, it's not about gun violence. It's about the race. It's about the race. This is all racial pandering nonsense. It all ties back into, all the way back to Ferguson and the Trayvon Martin debate and Black Lives Matter riots of 2020. The narrative that the left has decided to draw is that America is in a battle between a white supremacist system that must be destroyed from within and minorities who are being victimized by that system. You are not getting an invite from the White House unless you are a black victim of a white crime. And it does not matter. It does not matter that twice as many on a raw level, white people are killed by black people every year as black people are killed by white people every year in the United States. And if you draw that in proportion, it does not matter that if one out of every million white people shoots a black person and kills them in the United States and 12 out of every million black people murders a white person in the United States, that disparity does not matter. The only thing that matters is the lie. That's the lie. That's the lie that's being pro promoted at the top levels of our government by this White House. And it's vile. Okay, in just a second, we'll get to Joe Biden, who is just falling apart. I mean, he, the man is falling apart first. Now, all of this is enough to make you, you know, question the universe. But you have to reconnect with your faith if you wish to find meaning in your life. Regardless of your religion, we all need a little bit more connection in our life. Hallow is an incredible app that offers a unique approach to prayer and meditation. Unlike other meditation apps, Hallow is tailored specifically for people of faith to deepen their relationship with God. The Hallow app is filled with studies, meditations, and reflections that are rooted in Judeo-Christian prayer practices. You can pray alongside Mark Wahlberg, Jonathan Rumi, who portrays Jesus in The Chosen, even some world-class athletes. You can access the number one Christian podcast, Bible in a Year with Father Mike Schmitz on Hallow. Hallow will help you maintain that daily prayer routine with features like progress tracking and streaks. You can stay motivated and make prayer a regular part of your daily routine. Set prayer reminders, invite others to pray with you, track your progress along the way. And we in the Orthodox Jewish community, we pray three times a day. That's actually part of of the laws that govern our lives. But for a lot of Christians, it's, it's hard to find time to pray during the day. How do you connect? Hallow makes it easy. If you're looking to deepen your relationship with God and improve your mental and emotional well-being, try Hallow for three months free at hallow.com slash Shapiro. That's hallow.com slash Shapiro. Okay, meanwhile, Joe Biden is uh, completely falling apart. I mean, as a human being, he's falling apart. The, every day he goes out in public, he appears to be on the verge of mental and physical collapse. So yesterday, for example, he finished a speech and he just started wandering around the stage again, just wandering around the stage. This is our president of the United States. It is kind of humiliating. I'm going to go over and sign that executive order. Thank you. Well, actually, he's not. He's just going to wander around and not know where to go. I'm going to go wander. Oh, here I am standing 
I'm standing? Where, where am I? Here I am standing. Well, everybody's looking at me because I'm just standing there, not knowing where I am. Uh, also, uh, he has some interesting ideas on how to spell simple words that my nine-year-old daughter can easily spell. Here is Joe Biden not knowing either math or English. This is an interesting one. But you have, we have a thousand billionaires in America. You know the average tax rate they pay? Eight, E-I-G-H percent. Eight percent. Wow. Eight, E-I-G-L-B-O-N-Y, seven percent. That is our president of the United States. Inspiring, isn't it? By the way, he's lying. The notion that billionaires pay 8% tax rate, that may be their overall tax rate because of capital gains, which are taxed differently than, for example, income. Billionaires largely don't earn their money through income. He's just, he's a liar, but he's also a, he's also a mentally unbalanced liar. It's amazing. And then he did his routine. How many times can he tell people not to jump? It's such a weird thing. He's, he does this like every speech now. He tells people not to jump. Like, I understand. Maybe he understands that people get suicidal at his speeches because it's almost impossible to watch him. It gives you just a vast sense of cringe that's almost impossible to escape. But it's weird, isn't it? That he just keeps telling people not to jump. You know, when I speak to the business roundtable on the muckety-mucks, they're good, a lot, a lot of decent people. The very, all the business enterprises, they look at me like, hey guys, don't jump, Okay. What? Hey, guy, who's he even talking to? I don't, I don't even know what. what ah, he's talking to Casper the Friendly Ghost again. Hey, well, even as this occurs, there's new evidence emerging that Hunter Biden, his son, who may well have been the bag man for the entire Biden family, including Joe Biden, that dude has lived large for a long time, has Joe Biden, and the fact that he was casually corrupt for nearly his entire career. I mean, getting sweetheart deals from Delaware credit card companies, for example. You know, all of that gets ignored because obviously sweet old man, Joe Biden, but a, a breaking story, the attorney for an unnamed IRS criminal supervisory special agent says his client has now asked Congress for protection to speak out about allegations that a years-long, high-profile, politically sensitive investigation has been hindered by preferential treatment and politics, according to a letter obtained by CBS News. That investigation is the one probing potential tax crimes by Hunter Biden. My client wants to come forward to Congress, said attorney Mark Little, who's re representing the agent. He discussed his client's allegations with CBS News chief investigative correspondent Jim Axelrod in an exclusive interview. According to the lawyer, he's ready to be questioned about what he knows and what he experienced under the proper legal protections. So this is uh, very troubling, obviously. The allegation here from the IRS whistleblower is that the tax investigation is basically being hamstrung by the Biden executive branch to protect Hunter. Apparently, Biden left. David C. Weiss, the Trump-appointed Delaware U.S. Attorney General overseeing Hunter Biden's probe in his post to avoid appearances of interference. DOJ officials have vowed publicly to protect the probe from political interference. But the reality is that Weiss was basically a political appointee. I mean, he received endorsements from Senators Tom Carper and Chris Coons, who are both Democrats. The, uh, there are a bunch of U.S. attorneys appointed by Trump who were asked to resign, but not this guy. In the letter, Little, the lawyer, claims his client's information would contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. In a March Senate hearing, A.G. Merrick Garland pledged he would not interfere with that investigation. He said, I promise to ensure he's able to carry out his investigation and that he'd be able to run it. So it'll be fascinating to see what exactly is the evidence that this person can provide regarding any sort of cover-up at the IRS of the tax investigation. Meanwhile, the, the fact that, that Joe Biden is still traveling around with Hunter Biden just demonstrates the levels of insularity he feels from any sort of serious media scrutiny. Hunter Biden is one of the most disgusting people walking 
American politics today. I mean, he's a gross human being just by any, any stretch of the imagination. The latest evidence that he's a gross human being is a 2019 text conversation with his cousin, Caroline Biden, Joe Biden's niece. Apparently, according to the UK Daily Mail, they were texting and uh, Caroline was, was discussing setting him up with her rich model friends. And uh, in the conversation, she asked her cousin, do you want foreign or domestic? I can't give you effing Asian. Sorry, I'm not doing it. And the president's son replied, a domesticated foreigner is fine. No yellow. So first of all, totally unclear if he is, um, if he's talking about people that he wants to date or if he is talking about, you know, prostitutes, which he was very fond of using. There's a person who's engaged in, at least as a John, sex trafficking. And there's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's literally pictures on his computer of him engaging in prostitution, of him having sex with prostitutes and filming it and all the rest of it and doing drugs and apparently violating gun laws while doing all of these things and violating, it appears, probably tax laws and picking up bags of cash from foreign entities that mysteriously seem to disappear. And some of that money tends to make its way into the pockets of other Biden family members. And apparently that's still okay for Hunter to travel with dad. That, that's, how, that's how secure Joe Biden feels in the knowledge that the media will never actually cover this sort of stuff or dig into it. That's how secure he feels, is that he's able to travel with that. That's kind of amazing, is it not? He literally went to Ireland with Hunter squiring him around. And he lies routinely to the press about Hunter. I never said anything about Hunter. Hunter's one of the smartest people I know. Amazing, amazing stuff. Well, maybe this is one of the reasons why RFK Jr., who just announced that he's going to run for president, RFK Jr. is, for those who don't know, a radical environmentalist nut who spent most of his early career railing about how vaccines were causing childhood autism, the evidence for which is zero. And um, and here was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announcing his run for the presidency last night. This is what this is what happens when you censor somebody for 18 years. I got a lot to talk about. They shouldn't have shut me up that long. Because now I'm going to really let loose on them for the next 18 months. They're going to hear a lot from me. Okay, so he has a very famous last name, obviously, Robert Kennedy Jr. Again, who's most famous for, for pushing the the lie that childhood vaccines cause autism. Again, that is based on a completely debunked study, like thoroughly debunked study. Um, and um, he's still picking up 14% of the vote among Democrats. Joe Biden is stuck at 67% in the latest polling. That guy's the current president of the United States. We're talking about Democratic primary voters. We're not talking about overall. Only two thirds of Democratic primary voters say they will vote for Joe Biden. That is a terrible number for, a, for an incumbent president who, again, is sitting in the office right now. Kennedy, who, as I've said, is an environmentalist whack job, but also has said some, some things, like he was very, because he's that skeptical of vaccines in general, he's also very skeptical of COVID vaccines. So he's saying things about COVID vaccines that were then being censored by Facebook and being censored by Twitter at the time and all this. He feels like he was silenced. A lot of Democrats feel like they were silenced on that particular topic. He's currently at 14%. Marianne Williamson, who again is a woo-woo magic crystals lady, She's at 5%. 13% say that they are undecided. That shows that he is pretty vulnerable. I mean, he's pretty, that, that doesn't mean he won't wrap up the nomination when he announces his run. He will. The incumbent president virtually always does. The only exception is, is 1968 when LBJ would have won the nomination but decided to step away because he was afraid of Robert Kennedy Sr. running for, running for the office against him. But 
the fact that, that Robert Kennedy Jr., who's basically considered at the wild margins of American life, is picking up 14% against Joe Biden, just shows how weak Joe Biden is. There's a reason for that. He's very bad at the presidenting. We'll get to him being bad at the presidenting momentarily. First, let's talk about the fact that over the past few years, if you own a business, it's been a rough ride. I mean, first you had COVID and the government maybe shutting down your business. Then you had the government basically regulating how you could do your business. Then you had Biden inflation. Now you have the possibility of stagnation and recession. Well, if you paid too much to the tax fellows, perhaps you should get that money back with innovation refunds. Innovation refunds knows the value of your time. That's why they made it easy to apply for the Employee Retention Credit or ERC. Go to getrefunds.com to get started in less than eight minutes. See if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business could be eligible for a payroll tax rebate of up to 26 grand per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. Innovation Refunds has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC that might be able to help your business as well. There's no upfront charge. They don't get paid until your business gets its refunds. You literally have nothing to lose and only upside here. Don't miss the opportunity. The payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Head on over to GetRefunds.com. Again, that is GetRefunds.com. Head on over to GetRefunds.com right now to see if you qualify for that ERC assistance, GetRefunds.com. Also, I get it, folks. You guys are outraged by the incredibly stupid woke corporations. They're erasing women. They're spitting on your values. But instead of just talking the problem away or ignoring it, Jeremy Boring, and we here at Daily Wire got proactive. When Harry's condemned us and all of you, Jeremy made Jeremy's razors. When Hershey's celebrated women with a man, Dylan Mulvaney, well, Jeremy launched Jeremy's chocolate. And now it is here, folks. It is shipping as we speak. So it comes in two types, for those who don't know. One is the he him bars. One is the she her bars. One, is, one has nuts, one is nutless. If you can't tell the difference, you should not buy Jeremy's chocolate. Well, thanks to you, we've sold over 32 tons of Jeremy's chocolate. Even though Jeremy already has like a 300-bedroom house, he couldn't store that much chocolate. So we said, you know what? Let's get a fulfillment center. And then we did. We told you we were building a parallel economy. We meant it. Jeremy's may be the greatest joke we ever told, but it's also very real. It's doing serious damage to the woke corporations that hate you. I mean, like, try some of this. Honestly, like this is literally the first time I've tried Jeremy's chocolate. It was not available to me before. It is kosher, by the way. I would not be eating it otherwise. So let's take a, a bite of this. Mmm, magnificent. Tastes like truth. There are still a few bars left in the first batch of Jeremy's Chocolate. Go get them before they're gone. Go to jeremyschocolate.com today. Well, meanwhile, our intrepidly foolish president of the United States, he's suggesting that we should just pass a clean debt ceiling increase. And let's just keep racking up that debt. After all, what could go wrong? According to the Washington Post, Joe Biden on Wednesday rejected a Republican plan to slash government spending and raise the debt limit, assailing the proposals as wacko. And he said that they would cause a catastrophic government default. Actually, they wouldn't. You refusing to sign into law the debt ceiling increase is what would cause the government default. So Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, he announced yesterday what his debt ceiling plan would be. It is eminently reasonable. Okay, the, the debt ceiling plan would include cutting federal spending to 2022 levels which, by the way, is extraordinarily high. Federal spending at 2022 levels is like insanely high, as in the highest in human history. Limiting growth in the budget to 1% per year, which, uh, okay, like, I, I fail to see the problem. Repealing enhanced IRS enforcement funding, because we don't need, you know, 87,000 more people working for the IRS. Undoing Joe Biden's federal student debt forgiveness, because, of course, that's unconstitutional garbage. And rescinding unspent pandemic relief funds. Because, of course, if you haven't used the money already, then why exactly are we paying you? The pandemic ended like two years ago. So this, which part of this is supposed to be super controversial? 
McCarthy told reporters that the bill would lift the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion or extend it through March 31st, whichever comes first. The 320-page bill, which was published moments after the speech, will be led by House Budget Committee Chair Jody Arrington, Republican of Texas. Republicans have a narrow majority. Republicans presumably will be able to pass this thing. But Joe Biden's like, no, we're not passing anything. You're going to pass it clean because I need more spending. I need more. And then he says, we've never, ever defaulted on the debt. It would destroy the economy. By the way, again, Joe Biden back during the 1990s voted against raising the debt ceiling unless it was actually accompanied by tax increases or certain cuts. Again, but this is the Democratic plan is just ignore reality and then get the voters to also ignore reality. After all, there's money enough for everyone if you are socialistic enough and you can borrow enough money. This apparently is why the Biden administration is now pushing a rule set to take effect that will force good credit home buyers to pay more for their mortgages to subsidize the loans to higher risk borrowers. Now, this is fun. Didn't we just do this with the real estate meltdown in 2007, 2008? This is according to Fox News. Experts believe borrowers with a credit score of about 680 would pay around 40 bucks more per month on a $400,000 mortgage under rules from the Federal Housing Finance Agency that go into effect May, May 1st. Those costs will help subsidize people with lower credit ratings also looking for a mortgage. Isn't that exciting? So um, if you have good credit and you've done your job by paying your bills, you now get to subsidize a bunch of people who don't pay their bills nearly as well. So they can buy houses they can't afford and then presumably they'll default. Because that's the important thing is to get people into houses they can't actually afford. Ian Wright, senior loan officer at Bay Equity Home Loans, says, quote, the changes don't make sense. Penalizing borrowers with larger down payments and credit scores will not go over well. It overcomplicates things for consumers during a process that already feels overwhelming. Confusing the borrower is never a good thing. The Federal Housing Finance Agency oversees federally backed home mortgage companies, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And again, they are pushing the idea that they are going to push people into buying houses they can't afford, paid for by other people, which was exactly what led to the meltdown in 2007, 2008. And subprime mortgages were essentially subsidized and backstopped by the federal government, particularly Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And people bought houses they couldn't afford on the notion that if, God forbid, they couldn't pay their bills, they could, again, resell the house because the market would continue to go up. Then the market didn't continue to go up. They were underwater and all the banks had to foreclose on the homes. And then because all of that bad debt had been spread throughout the economy with credit derivative swaps, it ended up basically melting down the economy, forcing things like TARP, the bailout plan. So Joe Biden wants to do that all again because there's no plan stupid enough that Joe Biden won't repeat it. I, I, why exactly? Someone is going to have to explain to me why he's so unpopular. He seems like he's doing an amazing, amazing job. Meanwhile, the media and Donald Trump have decided the great enemy of the republic is not the current president of the United States. The, the person who is standing in the way of our success is, of course, you guessed it, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the bad man today. But the media and Donald Trump have decided this. Every story that's coming out from the mainstream media these days is talking about the inevitable failure of Ron DeSantis. It's headline after headline after headline, which suggests that they really, really do not want this guy to even run. There, there's a piece today from the Washington Post titled, After High-Flying Start, DeSantis Hits Stumbling Blocks on Road to 2024. Well, that's weird since um, he hasn't actually launched a campaign yet. And also, he's currently pulling about 16 points behind the former president of the United States who is running again and who has declared already. No other Republican candidate is clocking in the double digits. So for a guy who's supposed to be failing, he doesn't seem to be failing all that badly. And then they quote Republican megadonor Ken Langone. He said he's eager to support Ron DeSantis for president in 2024, but he has concerns about the Florida governor, particularly because DeSantis signed into law a six-week abortion ban, and he wants him to moderate his stance on the issue. 
Donors, activists, other supporters are increasingly voicing worries, says the Washington Post, that DeSantis has made unforced errors or embraced extreme positions that could hurt him in a general election. Okay, give me give me a break. You're right, guys. Probably you should support the guy who is who lost the last election and then proceeded to lose pretty much every Senate race he invested in. Like, that's the choice here. If you're a Republican donor, you can pretend that there's going to be another candidate coming in from the wings who's going to suddenly pick up the support of the base. But um, I, have some, I have news for you. That's not going to happen. And there's a reason the media are doing this. The reason the media are doing this is because they would like to see Ron DeSantis fail so that Donald Trump will be the nominee. It means that they make a lot of money. It means that they get to clear a lot of ratings. And it means they get a candidate they think is extremely beatable. That is the reason they are doing this. You know who else agrees with this is Donald Trump. So Trump has spent an extraordinary amount of his ire so far on a candidate who is not yet declared. Yesterday, he essentially just threatened to take his ball and go home if he doesn't win the primaries. He basically said, if, De- if Ron DeSantis runs against me, I will take my voters and I will tell them not to show up. So he's now, guys, you question, do you really want to nominate a candidate who is so self-centered that he believes that it is in the best interests of you to lose an election to Joe Biden rather than if he loses? This is, I mean, Trump could just win. I mean, if he just wins the nomination, fair and square, fine. I mean, that's how the process works. But the baseline idea that in a Republican primary, you're threatening your rivals with, I'll take my supporters and tell them not to vote in a general to defeat you and let Joe Biden be president again. <sighs> that, that's pretty wild stuff. Here is Donald Trump threatening, threatening Ron DeSantis yesterday. Ron DeSantis is a young man who is not doing well against me in the polls, to put it mildly. I believe that if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, which we don't need. He will lose the cherished and massive MAGA vote and never be able to successfully run for office again. I believe that. If he remains governor, which is what Florida voters assumed he would do, it would be a whole different story. Just saying. But who knows? Just saying, just saying. You know? I'm not saying that your store is going to burn down if you don't pay me this protection. But if it sets on fire, I don't know. It could. I don't know. This is very ugly stuff, obviously. There are a lot of reasons to oppose Ron DeSantis that I'm sure Donald Trump can find to run on. But threatening to basically destroy the Republican Party from within and reelect Joe Biden to the presidency if you should lose the primary is really not a great way to enshrine the belief in the base that you actually care about the issues that matter. Now, Reagan had what was called the 11th commandment. The 11th commandment was you don't attack the fellow Republicans, you go after the, the opposition. Donald Trump has been spending his time going after Ron DeSantis nonstop, which is how he's ended up in the peculiar position of defending both Bud Light and Disney. Very weird, very strange position for Donald Trump, a supposed culture warrior, to, to be doing that. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis continues to win legislative victories in the state of Florida. According to CNN, you can read the tears coming off the page. The Florida State Education Board voted on Wednesday to ban teaching students about sexual orientation and gender identity all the way through high school, which, of course, makes perfect sense. You want to learn about that stuff? Go home. Go talk to your parents. Go talk to people in your community. You know what you don't need? A public school teacher funded by the NEA union or the AFT teaching your kids about sexual fluidity and the, equal, the equivalent morality of all sexual activity. That's what you don't need, actually, as it turns out. That's what Ron DeSantis said yesterday. But it also is important to me because my wife and I have a six, five, and three-year-old kids at home. So we're looking at it through the lens of parents ourselves. And we just believe that parents should be able to send their kid to school, have them watch cartoons, just be kids 
without having some agenda shoved down their throats all the time. So gender ideology has no place in our K through 12 school system. And we've made that very, very clear. It is wrong for a teacher to tell a student that they may have been born in the wrong body or that their gender is a choice. And so we don't let that happen in Florida. And if Disney objects to that, well, so be it. We're going to do what's right. Okay. Well, I, I wonder why any Republican would oppose that. Why would any conservative oppose that? This is, this is all like very easy baseline stuff. As DeSantis says, all they're saying is basically the teachers can't come in the room and start asking people pronouns or start pushing their own pronouns. Which, by the way, I, I, was, never, I was never aware that it was a, a matter of deep concern that teachers be able to tell their students about their sexuality. I, I don't know why that is a priority in any way, shape, or form. Where I come from, teachers don't actually have to tell their kids about their personal lives. In fact, they're not supposed to. There's supposed to be a distant respect and remove for teachers. Being close with the teacher means liking the teacher as a teacher. It doesn't mean knowing everything about the teacher's personal life or sexual proclivities. And DeSantis is very clear on these issues, which is one of the reasons I think that, that Trump is, and many of the media are afraid of him. Here's DeSantis yesterday saying, a man in a dress is not a woman. Again, this is very clear and, and concise. If we as a society say that, that, that a man that puts on a dress, dresses as a woman, and then, quote, identifies as a woman is actually a woman, that is not true, okay? If you're telling me that I have to accept uh, that that is a woman, you're asking me to com be complicit in a lie, and that I will not do. Uh, and so part of this is about, are we going to have a society that's rooted in truth, uh, or are we going to have a society that's unmoored from truth and is basically being swept, swept away with different ideological currents? Because if you're saying that that is uh, a woman, uh, you're putting ideology ahead of, of truth and reason. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Trump attacks DeSantis on this sort of stuff again, considering that he has basically come to Disney's defense over Disney's attempts to move socially left. Okay, in just one second. We'll get to more on all of this. Plus, John Fetterman returns to Congress first. Let's talk about making your company more efficient. So hiring, it used to be really hard. You post your job on multiple sites. You hope the right people see it. And then you wait for them to apply. The same goes for finding a job. You upload your resume to every single job posting board. And then you comb through the never-ending list of jobs trying to find the right position for you. Well, ZipRecruiter fixes all of these things. ZipRecruiter is the best place to find the right position. Or if you're an employer, the right person to join your team. ZipRecruiter helps you find the most qualified people for your roles fast right now. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter's matching technology helps you find the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. See a candidate you like? You can easily send them a personal invite. So they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Right now, we're looking for a video editor here in our Florida offices. And um, ZipRecruiter is going to be the place where you can apply for that. See why the majority of employers count on ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Use my exclusive web address, try ZipRecruiter for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. Uh, meanwhile, you know, I've said before that Congress is a collection of people who do not have full brain function. Usually I'm speaking at least half facetiously. Unfortunately, these days I'm not. I mean, it's actually literally true. Diane Feinstein is not with us and she sits on the Judiciary Committee. There was a bit of hilarious back and forth between Republicans and Democrats this week. Democrats were trying to shift her off the very important Judiciary Committee and onto another committee, but they needed Republican votes to do it. Republicans like, no, nope, we're not going to give you that out. Gonna, she's going to sit there until you guys decide to remove her. Your problem, not ours. Which, by the way, is the right political move. If you're a party and you decide to leave people in place who don't have full mental function, that one's on you. Speaking of which, the cruelty of pushing a man who has had a debilitating stroke 
into the Senate of the United States and then expecting him to fulfill his duties with aplomb was on full display yesterday. John Fetterman returned to the Senate. I'm glad that he's mentally well enough to be back at his job. However, all the problems that we were told were supposed to go away, those are still not going away. Here he was yesterday. He does not sound back to his original self, pre-stroke, obviously. I called to this hearing of the U.S. Senate Subcommittee and Food and Nutrition, Specialty Crops, Organics, and Research to order. Chairwoman Stevenow. And Ranking Member Boozman, thank you so much for coming. I thank you for your leadership on this committee, and I look forward to working with you to pass a farm bill. SNAP is one of the most effective programs to fight hunger and poverty in the country. In my time in effort in IFAS, as the mayor of Braddock to lieutenant governor to now, I have heard from Pennsylvanians about their support for a SNAP. Um, oh, yeah. And then he asked a question. It, again, did not go amazingly for the senator from Pennsylvania. Food banks like Phil abundance and knowing personally the kind of quality of the work that you do in my own state. They distribute 85% of TFAP foods nationwide. As Americans struggle with high food costs, how have you been able to allow you to continue to provide food support? Things are going amazing in the United States Senate. The truth is that, that even in his current state, John Fetterman probably is smarter than at least, I don't know, 30% of the Senate. And meanwhile, in Congress, things are not going much better. So yesterday, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I find, frankly, I find this hilarious. So one thing that I like about British Parliament is they basically just smack each other around. It's really funny. So watch British Parliament is really entertaining. Um, they, there are all these sort of rules of decorum in the United States Congress. You're not allowed to call witnesses liars and all the rest of it. Marjorie Taylor Greene found that out the hard way yesterday when she called Alejandro Mayorkas, who is a liar, a liar. She called him that. You're not allowed to do that. Her words were struck. She was barred from, from actually speaking further on the committee because that's how the rules work. But this was kind of funny. She was like, Marjorie Taylor Greene was just waiting for her moment to smack Eric Swallow upside the head. Eric Swallow is, of course, the representative from California most famous for possibly farting on camera and also having sex with a Chinese spy. It was the latter issue that Marjorie Taylor Greene pointed out yesterday. So after Marjorie Taylor Greene, after Eric Swalwell did a, a whole bizarre lecture about the House Judiciary Committee and Elon Musk and Kanye West and all the rest of it, Marjorie Taylor Greene jumped in with both feet. She, she, like off the top rope, Marjorie Taylor Greene, here we go. That was quite entertaining from someone that had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy and everyone knows it. But I move to take our words down. The committee will suspend so happy, and the man. gentleman will state the words that he wishes taken down. Everything that the gentlelady from Georgia has w said. No, you need to be more specific. The accusations of an affair with a Chinese spy. Those are engaging in personalities and they sh those words should be taken down and the gentlelady should not be able to speak anymore in this hearing. That is not an, the latter part of that is not an appropriate motion, but we will evaluate the striking of those words. The chair uh, recognizes the gentlelady from Georgia and asks if she would like to retract those words. No, I will not. Okay, the chair rules that those uh, words that were spoken are not going to be stricken from the record. So in the congressional record, you will now find 
<laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, telling Eric Swalwell that he uh, nailed the Chinese spy. So you know what? Fine, more of this. More of this. Uh, it, it's fine with me. Our, our Congress people are, are a class of, of dolts in the first place. That, that, that is fine with me on, on pretty much all sides. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things that I hate. So things that I like today. This is hysterical to me. So now, according to the New York Post, ex-Biden official Sam Britton is going to undergo a mental health evaluation in, in, in his luggage theft case. So Sam Britton is the disgraced former Biden administration official who was stealing luggage on at least two separate occasions and then wearing around the clothing. And there was a, a, an African lady who had made like custom clothing and he was just wearing around this lady's clothes. He is now agreeing to undergo a mental health evaluation as part of his Minnesota adult diversion program. Brinton, says the New York Post, who is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns, appeared remotely Monday at a Hennepin County court hearing stemming from that luggage theft incident. In addition to having to undergo a mental health evaluation, Brinton will be required to write a letter of apology to the victim, return any stolen property, and perform three days of community service. So um, I'd I just like to point out here that he's having a mental health evaluation now? What was your first clue? There was something mentally wrong with this person. But were there any other clues? Or did it, was it completely out of the blue? He seemed like such a nice young man, said his next door neighbor. No, I have some, there were some clues. There was something mentally unwell about this person. Just a few clues. I don't know. Like maybe this picture. That seems like a clue. It's like a bald dude wearing a dress, like a ball gown and claiming that he has no gender. That seems like kind of a clue that maybe this person shouldn't be in charge of our nuclear waste, which was his position at the Biden. By the way, they celebrated him for, for this. Okay, this, this wackadoo with the mustache and the bald head wearing a ball gown at some sort of public event with other members of the of the administration. This this one who went to like the French embassy. They're like there are no mental health evaluations apparently to handle the nation's nuclear waste. But after you still were there there are no clues, guys. None. This seems this was perfectly in our modern society. This is perfectly the stealing the luggage was the first time we had ever had any clue there might be something screwy about Sam Britton. Otherwise, this is heroism. He went from hero to villain so fast, or alternatively, he had problems the whole time. I know it's shocking to think, absolutely shocking to think that a man who dressed up in a dress and did lectures on college campuses with other men who were kneeling there in dog outfits with collars around their neck, that that person might have some un, unexplainable problems. That, that No, no, we, no, we can't, no. This is... Wow, how, how the worm turns when heroes like Sam Britton fall so far. And no one could have predicted this. There were no clues, none, no red flags, zero. I'm just glad that now he's getting the mental, or they, or it, whatever the pronouns of the day are, that, that G is getting the, um, the help that G needs. Now, meanwhile, MSNBC anchor Mehdi Hassan, who uh, was uh, formerly of the Qatar-funded Al Jazeera Propaganda Network, he has now been accused of plagiarizing a column he wrote in favor of child spanking a couple of decades ago. He seemed to have copied full paragraphs from a U.S. News and World Report article, tweaking only a couple of words, according to Li Feng, journalist. That's, um, that's not great for him. Now, I don't tend to think that Mehdi Hassan is a particularly excellent anchor, but the good news for Democrats and people who are on the left is that you can plagiarize as much as you want and be perfectly okay. After all, there is a, a Princeton professor, uh, Kevin Cruz, who's, who's accused quite plausibly of plagiarism, he's still teaching there, no problem. And then those sorts of scandals only take down people on the right. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. 
So there is this new mode when it comes to journalism and in the world of business where bosses are not allowed to tell people to suck it up and do their work. I don't understand this at all. You know, now I am a boss. For much of my life, I was an employee. And when you're an employee, your job is to do your job. That's why it's called a job. You're supposed to work, right? Like actually do the work. And um, if you refuse to do the work, then there will be consequences for refusing to do the work. Like, for example, you might get fired. If you are insufficiently enthusiastic about doing your work, then you might get zip recruited, right? Things could happen to you. But apparently now, if you are a CEO and you tell people, listen, suck it up, buttercup, then apparently you are the font head of all evil, the root of all evil. This apparently is the message with regard to Andy Owen. So Andy Owen is the chief executive of the furniture company Miller Knoll. It's a publicly traded company. She is now facing backlash after a video of her telling staffers worried about not getting a bonus to leave Pity City went viral. So here's what she said. It's not good to be in a situation we're in today, but we're not going to be here forever. It is going to get better. So lead, lead by example, treat people well, talk to them, be kind and get after it. Don't ask about what are we going to do if you don't get a bonus? Get the damn $26 million. Spend your time and your effort thinking about the $26 million we need and not thinking about what you're going to do if we don't get a bonus. All right. Can I get some commitment for that? I would appreciate that. I had an old boss who said to me one time, you can visit Pity City, but you can't live there. So people leave Pity City. Let's get it done. And people were very mad. They were very, very mad. Miller Knoll said bonuses aren't determined until after the fiscal year ends in May. And the goal here was to rally people. Like, if you want the bonus, we have to hit our numbers. We're not hitting our numbers right now. Go hit the numbers. Maybe you'll get a bonus. But stop sitting there and worrying about your bonus until you actually start moving toward hitting the numbers. This, this was, this merited, this little speech here. I mean, this isn't even like Patton slapping a soldier or something during World War II. This is just a CEO being like, guys, your bonuses are dependent on us actually hitting our numbers. No numbers, no bonus. Get back to your desk. This apparently is cause for a full-scale article in the Wall Street Journal. According to the Wall Street Journal, much of business leadership takes place via easily recorded and shared video these days, and more than one top executive has spiked viral outrage as a result. In 2021, Vishal Garg, chief executive of online mortgage lender Better.com, apologized and took a brief leave of absence after a video of him firing hundreds of workers on a Zoom call was posted on TikTok and viewed by millions. Others have drawn scrutiny for more impromptu moments shared online. Okay, here is the deal, folks. If you decide that you wish to take pay from a particular company, then you should just go and do your job. If you do your job and you keep your head down and you perform well, you will get the bonuses. And if you feel like you've earned a bonus, go ask for a bonus. And your boss will say yes or your boss will say no. But everybody needs to stop with this whole sensitivity garbage when it comes to, you know, doing your job. It really is quite ridiculous. Okay, coming up, we're going to be jumping into the mailbag. You're not going to want to miss it. If you want your question answered in the mailbag, you do have to be a Daily Wire Plus member. So become a member, use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So 
I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 